you know, I would, I would love people to be educated on this, understand what it does. Uh, my grandfather used to always tell me to think with my own head and, uh, and he meant make up your own decisions. And I'd hope that the, the folks look at this and understand who this limits. It limits them. It restricts their freedom to vote for the people that they want to represent them. Welcome to Straight Talk with NDFB. I am your host, Emery Melhoff. Join me as I explore the issue of Measure 1, a constitutional amendment to put term limits on North Dakota's governor and restrict your state legislators to eight years in the House and the Senate. In spring 2022, North Dakota Farm Bureau took a stance against term limits. We believe term limits will increase the bureaucracy of agencies, increase the power of the executive branch, and ultimately harm rural North Dakota. In this episode, I visit with Senator Doug Larson from District 34 in Mandan. Doug was elected in 2020 and has served as senator for one session. He owns multiple businesses in the Bismarck-Mandan area and has served in the National Guard for more than 20 years. Senator Larson shares insights from his first session and our founding fathers. He encourages every North Dakota citizen to read and understand what Measure One will do. Join us for this conversation. I'm here with Senator Doug Larson. Hi, Doug. How Hi. are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me. We're doing our first in-person podcast interview today. I guess we have done some of those on the show, but this is our first. We have our NDFB sign behind us and our, our core values, freedom, opportunity, and self-reliance. And so we're in the Bismarck office on a beautiful day. So thanks for joining me today. Again, thank you very much for uh, for bringing me in. So uh, we're here to talk about measure one on our ballot to put term limits on our legislators and governor. Really quick, before we talk about that, let's let's talk a little bit about um, what district you represent and sure. where you're from and what you do. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, I'm from Mandan, District 34, so just on the other side of uh, the river from Bismarck. This last session was my first session, so I'm a very new uh, legislator. So you're a freshman legislator. I was a freshman. I hopefully am now going to be considered <laughs> sophomore. I think, a sophomore. <laughs> yes. uh, I, I would say one of the things that I think is important for people to understand with this is many of my friends have, have talked to me about how this will limit the terms of the Democrats from New York or from California. Nancy Not Pelosi. Nancy type. Pelosi. We got to limit her. Uh, this, of course, does nothing for that. This is, is only for the state legislators. And then many people say, well, uh, you're just going to be a career politician. I think people have to realize North Dakota meets every other year. We don't meet every year. We meet every other year. Uh, for up to 80 days. Seldom do we ever go up to the 80 days is what I've been told. So every other year, if you divide 80 by 2, it's 40. So we're meeting about 39, 38 days if it were every year. It takes a long time to gain the experience. We're a very free state in that if you have an idea for a bill, it gets put forth as a bill. You're going to get a committee hearing. The committee chairperson, in other words, can't say, this is dumb. I don't like it. It's going to die in my drawer. It's never going to even get a hearing. Okay, so freshman legislator mm -hmm. or sophomore legislator now. Uh, let me just ask you this. You're a businessman, correct? Yes. yes. You own multiple businesses. We try one. to. Yeah. <laughs> so 
So you're a businessman and you have experience doing your day-to-day business yes. ventures. So wouldn't you call that experience? Aren't you bringing that experience to the legislature? In that area, yes. Yep. Uh, I'm also a National Guard member. I've been a part-time National Guard member for 28 years. So I think I think the proponents of, of the measure, they see the experience that you have in your business in the National Guard. They see all those things as good things. And those things don't turn off. But I think the concern is, is that what gets touted as institutional knowledge is really just drinking the governmental Kool-Aid, so to speak. So it seems like the proponents of this measure would see your vocational experience as the experience that they want to just turn on, turn off, et cetera. And that what you call experience in the legislature isn't really experience, but just like bureaucratic Kool-Aid. You know what I'm saying? What would you say to that? I I think it it takes some time to understand uh, what exactly your job is and, and how to do that job well. So every legislator is going to be put on at least two committees. You're not going to be experienced in everything of those two committees. So yes, I was lucky enough to be on uh, the IBL or the Industry Business and Labor Committee. Yes, as a businessman, I do know a lot about business in my sector. For the most part, I'm a home builder. I know a decent amount that goes into home building. But we ran the range from pipe fitters, which sure, I can understand a little bit of that, to uh, cosmetology. You may look at me and think <laughs> that I know a lot about cosmetology, uh, but I don't. And, and it took some time to understand that. We get a lot of bills that come at us often. It's part of the job, and I, I got that. But I struggled enough to understand what was right in front of me. I was in no position to be a leader within. And so for all of the work we do, we have to have leaders that understand the process, but also and well enough that they can handle that as well as take on a leadership position. We talk about eight years, but it's really four years. It's four four sessions, and then you're done. I, I don't think that that's fair, and I, I think it pulls away from the freedom of my right to choose who's going to represent me. I think we're also in a spot where there's no incumbent that is untouchable. We saw that in the last election. The election that I was in when I ran, uh, I replaced a gentleman who had been a state senator for, for almost 20 years. And so when he retired, other than me, there was one other person that stepped up. So there wasn't an abundance of, of folks. I wasn't supposed to win my election. He had all the endorsements, but I worked really hard and the people voted in Mandan, and they voted for me, and I was I was privileged to to go to Bismarck to uh, to to fight for for my constituents. And there's polls out there saying that this is going to go through without any issue. Why do you think that is such a popular idea? I don't think most people understand what is limiting. I hmm. think most people were led to believe that this is term limits against legislators, and I don't think a lot of people understand. The North Dakota State Legislature is what this was after. That that you guys, Senator Larson uh, and John Hoven, are in separate categories. This is going to limit your term representing your guys out in Mandan and surrounding area, but it's not going to limit Mr. Senator Hoven's term. It'll have no effect on Senator Hoven, Senator Kramer, Representative Armstrong, Speaker Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, this will have no effect whatsoever on any of those folks. It'll just be your part-time legislators. Of the 50 states, uh, of those 50 legislative bodies, there's only we're only one of four that meet every other year. Every other state of those, those 46 have grown a meeting every year. 
North Dakota, by our constitution, is allowed to have 53 legislative districts. We've decided that 47 is the right number for us. So we are a smaller government than even our constitution allows us to be. Of all of the state legislatures out there, we meet the least amount of times. So we're the smallest government that you can find. And we've seen in this last election cycle, if you pay attention to politics out at this level, I'm not naive. If I went to uh, my hometown right across the river from where we're at, and I walk down, as I do, walk into the grocery store, walk into the local watering hole, the gas station, the vast majority of people don't know who I am. And I am A-OK with that. So they're not following that smallness that, that, that we are. And, and, and that's okay. But that's what this would do. It would limit those choices. Seems like there is a general dissatisfaction with politicians as a whole. And, you know, you get a situation where you feel like you can't make a difference, where you feel like this happens. And it can be challenging to remember that as citizens, we're the ones responsible to hold our legislators accountable, not just when we vote for them, but also throughout the, the year, sending them messages, etc. So one of the things you mentioned when I called you up to ask if you'd be interested in doing, um, to sitting down and talking with me was that you feel like you have a really unique perspective being a yep. new legislator. Yes. And I mean, you talked a little bit about the experience that you bring to the table. So theoretically, if we were to adopt this measure and just term those old guys out, do you really think that we would really suffer? Like what would be the consequence from that? To us, I think we can wrap our heads around the idea of we're going to lose all this institutional knowledge, and that is something to to consider. Um, absolutely, you could you could take that angle. Uh, you could also take the angle of the bureaucrats will be in charge, and so by bureaucrats, the the state employees. So we'll get calls constantly from people that are in charge of different programs, and they're doing the best they can for their program that they represent, whether that's uh, DOT or Health and Human Services or Worker Safety. Uh, you know, the, the list is almost endless. And those folks, of course, are advocates for their particular program, and they have a vested interest. And oftentimes, they're going to be there far more than eight years. And we're going to want that. We don't want that instability either. Uh, lobbyists, every interest is is represented by a lobbyist. That doesn't make, the L word isn't a bad word. It's not a swear word. But if you limit the amount of experience that, a, that all legislators can have to eight, a lobbyist is going to have far more than that. A, a bureaucrat or a state employee is going to have far more than that. I think that we've put ourselves in, in a negative spot. But more than all of that, I look at this issue and say, do we need this to, to term our legislators out? Every four years, we have an opportunity to term our legislator out. So you talked about the, the responsibility of the voter being able to vote that person out. I think in civics, we were all taught that the power of the incumbent is, is almighty and, and you cannot overcome the power of an incumbent. But we watched a, a state senator just north of here who was a very good legislator, uh, who had a pretty good track record, who a lot of people liked. We watched her get termed out by an opponent that had no experience, that just decided that, that he was going to run. He ran a great race, and the voters decided they wanted to go a different direction. Now, you can look, maybe it was from this vote or that vote. She had a couple votes that some people might have saw as, as controversial, that might have been the case, but that was up to those constituents to decide. Did they want to go with uh, Senator Bell or 
candidate uh, Bain, and they decided candidate Bain. We've had that decision happen throughout the state in many areas where the voter has decided it's time to put somebody new in place. If we could never do that, if there truly was this inconceivably high amount of, of power for the incumbent, I might feel differently. But what we're finding is if somebody wants to challenge the the incumbent, I think at least in the last couple cycles, more times than not, the uh, the presumptive underdog has won. And I think that's good for North Dakota politics. So here we're going to take a freedom away for you to vote for who you want to vote. We're going to limit the most you can serve. Many people don't serve more than eight years. The average is about eight years. Hmm. We have a handful that choose to serve longer, but their constituents at every time have a chance to, to to get rid of them. We'll have new leadership in the House this year. The, the voters decided not to reelect the Speaker of the House. The, uh, the majority leader of the House decided that he was going to retire. The majority leader in the Senate decided he was going to retire. We'll have new leadership. It's I just don't think this is something that North Dakota needs. And I hope that the average voter uh, is informed. And I think if they know what they're voting for, I think they'll vote against it. Since that first year in 2015, we've had more than half of the body turnover. Absolutely. And that's not that long ago. That's only seven years. So you're already seeing that turnover naturally take place. In in the Senate, my freshman class, we saw our freshman classes having six members. Hmm. Uh, one of those members had been a previous freshman, but he only had about a week of, of experience. This session, we're expecting to have about double that number. Hmm. So in one of our bodies, we'll have about 18 people. It could be higher. Let's just say that it's 18 over two sessions. 18, that's over a third that just naturally changed over. Whether they got voted out, which certainly happened, whether they decided to retire. So that's a high turnover. Speaking of those legislators either retiring or getting beat or just being done, I think the significant thing about the way our government is structured now is they are still accountable to their constituents. I've spoken to several farm bureaus across our Midwest area here that have shared with me that when their state adopted term limits, they started running into almost lame duck situations where you would have poor quality of legislator um, because they would just wait to term off. So if if there was somebody that wanted to run, they would just wait their turn. So oftentimes these candidates would run unopposed or when they were serving their last term, sometimes they go off as a free agent, you know, almost like depart from the wishes of their constituents because they're not accountable for re-election. Uh, according to our, our neighbors, they've seen some consequences. And I, I really think that when you have the democratic process of citizens electing their representatives, they get to choose the quality of those legislators. Whereas if you just have people taking turns every eight years, yeah, you might cycle up some bad guys, but you're also going to cycle in a lot more bad guys. Absolutely. And I, th I think it's important to know that, yes, there are certain states that have put term limits on their state legislatures, but I believe there's six that have put them on that have since repealed mm -hmm. it. And so to, to make that effort shows that, that it really was a, a bad idea. Uh, I think if we needed them, it would make some sense to me. It doesn't seem that we do. Even the rural state of North Dakota, you see people moving to the urban areas. And if we reduce our, our term urban down to a county seat, let's say, you're going to struggle to get a true farmer 
to stay on. And if you and when you do have those handfuls that you have that can truly represent agriculture, you limit them to eight years when everything is is driven off of population. Do you really truly think that you're going to replace that person every time with with an agricultural Maybe an agricultural-minded person. We're all from North Dakota. Though I don't live on a farm, uh, I grew up with egg as part of my background. Uh, I will always represent egg, but I can't represent it the same way that somebody that that actually combines for a living will do. I can't understand their struggles as well as somebody. So I think you limit those folks. Very well said. So we talked a little bit about why this measure is so popular, but... Let's talk about where it came from. Where did it come from? Uh, best I can tell uh, from the sources that, that I would say I have, uh, a billionaire from New Jersey. Uh, when this measure first started being talked about, I was asked if, if I would consider uh, being one of the sponsors. As I looked into it and I, I saw what it truly was going to do, I, I was opposed to it. Um, at one point, they had talked about limiting the terms to 16 years or what would be eight sessions. Uh, that seemed more reasonable to me. And it seemed to have, um, I would say, some popularity amongst the people that were originally putting forward this. Uh, I asked one of the sponsors why they didn't stick with with that. And I was told very clearly because the sponsor said that they wouldn't fund it if it went that direction. Hmm. Now, I'm sure that I'm going to be called a liar for saying that. But they know that that's, that part's true, that this is special interest money, not from within North Dakota even. So this is money from a billionaire with a special interest. And why you'd say, well, why are they going after North Dakota? We're relatively a cheap date when it comes to these measures. We only (laughs) require 50% plus one. So we're picked on almost every year. Somebody tries to change our state constitution, not because they want to change life in North Dakota, but they get to claim for their special interest group, here's another state. So a million dollars, two million dollars spent in North Dakota to a billionaire, that's not a lot of money. Who is going to stand up against that? Anybody that dares stand up against it will have some personal reason. Like this this freshman must want to stay there for, for 20 years. Uh, we get paid about $180 a day when we're in session. If you do the math on what $180 comes out with, how long my day is, I'd make more money as a clerk at Walmart. There's nothing against being a clerk at Walmart, but that's the level that we're talking about. There's no part of me that gets rich doing this. I can't think of anybody that is serving in the state legislature right now that's doing it for the money. Well, is there anything else that you can think that we haven't covered yet? I would say again, uh, if, if all of our constituents read the bill, study the bill, decide or the constitutional measure, decide that they think there's no other way to limit their legislators other than to change the constitution to require that their legislator, you know, you talked earlier about this limiting the old person. I'd bring up that we have a lot of young people as well. We have a some 18-year-old people that are going to be new members of the House. We have college students that are uh, in their early 20s that are going to be members of, of the House. Senate side, a little bit older, but we have some relatively young people as, as members of the Senate as well. So if you're going to tell me that at the age of 26 that a particular candidate, those are the best days that they'd have and, and they should be forced to never get to serve again, I think we're doing a disservice to that person. And I think then we're going to dissuade people. Like if you only have eight years to represent your state, 
in the in the legislature, should you do it when you're 22 or should you wait till you're 42? I think you should be able to do both. I think we need people that are 22 representing that uh, demographic, just like we need people that are 42. And if, if we say that, okay, you're 30 years old, you started your career when you're 22, you're done now. Uh, I don't know that that's always going to be fair. They may have quit anyway. You know, I would, I would love people to be educated on this, understand what it does. Uh, my grandfather used to always tell me to think with my own head and, uh, and he meant make up your own decisions. And I'd hope that the, the folks look at this and understand who this limits. It limits them. It restricts their freedom to vote for the people that they want to represent them. If the people of Mandan think my better days are beyond me, I hope they vote me out. Now, I hope you don't use that soundbite to <laughs> encourage. But if if the folks of Mandan think I'm doing a good job for them and the state of North Dakota and like what I've done, after you know a couple, I don't know that I'll run again. But if I'm being considered for a leadership position in the future, I'd like it to not be forced. That okay, you're you got two years left. This is it. You know, our founding fathers, even when they were debating this way back when they founded our country, the side for term limits and the side against term limits. And, but when they were having this debate, both sides of the issue for and against term limits really emphasized the importance of having a strong state government and a strong state legislature. It's really important to remember that, that when we have a strong state legislature, we have a strong citizen voice. Because you, Senator Larson, your colleagues, you represent your people back at home. You talked about it not being in the Constitution. Uh, it was in the Articles of Confederation. And after the Articles of Confederation did not work, we had just fought a, a very long war to gain our independence. They drafted the Articles of Confederation and decided shortly thereafter that they needed something bigger and better than this document to protect the country that they had fought so hard and so long for, and, and many people paying, of course, the ultimate sacrifice for this freedom that they decided when they redid this, they had thought of term limits, obviously, because it was in the previous document, that they decided that this was one of the items that really couldn't go into the U.S. Constitution. Now, when we amended the U.S. Constitution to add term limits to the president, well, again, a much different situation when we're talking about the president of the United States. Post-FDR. <laughs> Post-FDR, post-World War II, and, and, and America is now the superpower. So we are not just a, an experiment of, of a republic anymore, uh, that we are, we are the leader of the world, or at the time, uh, one of the, the major leaders of the world, that, that then the most highest position should be limited. That seems to make a lot of sense. Things changed. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily oppose that amendment. Uh, if we later want to impose that term limits on our federal legislators, completely different conversation. I just want to make sure that the, the, the constituents, when they get, throw them all out, throw all the bums out. Okay. What bums are you going to replace us with? And when I talk to the brand new candidate that will be a brand new freshman legislator, I'll say, enjoy it now because you'll be a bum in about six months. Uh, you will be part of the problem in about six months. We're not all part of the problem. Uh, most of us are very reachable. Most of us want the best for our, our cities, our counties. 
and our state. Um, most of us do it. I would say all of us do it, but love of our state. And uh, it's, it's a service. I don't expect to be thanked for it. Uh, I'm happy to have had the opportunity to do it. We don't do everything right. We could always do things better, but it's a pretty good place to live. And uh, I do think part of the reason we have what we have is good, solid decisions made by a very limited, the most limited state government that there is. So I just hope the constituents do the research. If they still want to vote for it, by all means, that is that is your right, and I can appreciate that. I just hope that you're educated when you make that decision because you're changing the state constitution. This isn't a simple, easy measure that, eh, you know what, the speed limit shouldn't have been that high. I guess we can reduce it. What does it take to reduce it? Yeah, we can do that fairly easily. You're changing the constitution and for something I don't think we have a problem with. And you're using out-of-state special interest money to do it. Well, thank you so much, Senator Larson, Doug, for being with us here yeah, today. Thanks and thanks for sharing your experience at the state capitol and your insight. Really appreciate it. And thank you again for your service oh, to your constituents and for your service to your country, too. Thank you. You've been listening to Straight Talk with NDFB. Join me every Wednesday up to the election as I discuss Measure 1 and the possible ramifications for North Dakota. 